What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When we were having fun on our way to the beautiful beach of East Hampton, suddenly my bestie Elisa slammed on the brakes, causing us to fall forward. Turns out my family's car was blocking our way. Mom got out in panic. Elisa, do you have a driver's license? Are you good at driving? How long have you been doing it? Mom! Hmm. After checking all of my bestie's papers, she finally allowed us to go. Okay, have fun, kids. We blasted the music out loud and quickly continued our way. Suddenly, Mom appeared again and honked at us from behind. Wait, Lucinda, you forgot your float. Ugh! My mom always treated me like a baby. Peekaboo! Hi, I'm Lucinda, 19 years old. I'm the only child of a rich family. My dad is a businessman and my mom is a housewife who also a heavenly chef. As you can see, they were extremely overprotective of me. Unlike my friends who were allowed to live on their own right after their 18th birthday, I was demanded to stay with my parents because they said that the world was full of dangers and I wasn't ready for it. It was absurd. So on my 19th birthday, when everyone was having a good time, I abruptly turned off the music and stood on the center table to make my point clearly. Ahem. Listen, everybody. This year, my birthday wish is that I can move out. Absolutely not. You're too naive to live alone. Jeez. <laughs> Feeling unfair and humiliated, I decided to just run away from home. That night, I hid my pillows under the blanket to fool them into thinking I was still in my room. After climbing out from the balcony, I climbed over the fence. But unfortunately, I fell hard to the ground. It was painful, but my desire for freedom was greater. So I still ran away from my house. When I was far enough, I started thinking about what I should do for a living. Maybe a barista. Without wasting a second, I applied to a coffee shop. At first, the work was smooth and I learned my role easily, but not long after, I was framed by a mean colleague for stealing money, which made me fired. Okay, fine, maybe I just had bad luck. How about trying as a tutor next? I quickly applied to work as a private tutor for a well-off family. Their first floor was a Chinese restaurant, and the owner's family lived on the upper floor. However, they turned me down because I didn't have enough teaching experience. When I was sent home, I accidentally bumped into a chef on the first floor. Watch out. <gasps> soup fell to the ground and I panicked because it burned the young <laughs> chef. Jesus, are you blind? I'm sorry, let me pay for it. But little did I know, it was a bowl of beluga caviar soup, which cost nearly $3,000. And I don't have that much money. The chef suddenly said, you can work here to pay off the debt. We're short-staffed anyway. It was a good idea. I could have a job and didn't need to ask my parents for money to pay for that bowl of soup. It was how I became a kitchen assistant at a Chinese restaurant. On my first day of work, I realized that my direct supervisor was Will, <laughs> the same chef that I bumped into. He was an extremely strict person who would scold anyone who was incompetent at work. Once, he let the staff try the new noodles he made, and everyone got nothing but compliments for him. Curious, I also got a taste of it and found it yummy indeed, 
but not as good as my mom's noodles. Huh? Suddenly, Will came to me. I got startled and bumped into the stack of bowls that sat right behind me and broke all of them. My goodness, can you be more useless? Get lost. He furiously demanded to fire me and made me pay the debt immediately. I angrily shouted back, Fine! I don't want to work for such a bad cook anyway. Your noodles suck without anise and cinnamon. <laughs> Will widened his eyes, then strangely he smiled. Turns out I was the only one who noticed that. After that day, not only was I not fired, he also let me participate in the cooking sometimes. A month later, there was a chef competition. He even invited me to join him and expressed clearly that he had very high expectations for this contest. But honestly, it made me more afraid that I would mess it up. So I quickly refused. No thanks. I'll double your salary. Being a sucker for money, hmm. I agreed. From that day on, I often stayed late behind to practice cooking under Will's instructions. We started becoming closer and closer. One day we were in the kitchen when we heard a loud <gasps> crash. Stepping out, we discovered a guest had rudely used his foot to knock the bowl of noodles off the table. You left the house just to do this crap? It was Will's brother. He came there just to insult his brother. I was about to give that bastard a lesson, but Will stopped me. What do you want? Let's make a bet. Whoever loses the upcoming cooking contest must quit being a chef. To that ludicrous challenge, Will agreed. His brother obnoxiously threw the whole table and left the bar. Honestly, nobody would want to lose to such a jerk, so we were determined to give it our all. However, there were only two weeks left until the contest, but troubles kept getting in our way. One day, when I helped the waiter deliver the food to our customers, suddenly I saw my parents. After many days, they finally found my whereabouts. Mom pulled me out of the restaurant while Will ran after me, but my dad pushed him to the ground. Don't ever appear in front of my daughter again. Once again, I was kept inside the house. No matter how much I begged, my parents wouldn't let me out. I even had to hide my cooking uniform for fear they would destroy it. Opening the closet door, I saw a picture of my parents and a young boy. Curious, I took the photo down to ask my dad and heard his story. He's your brother. Your mom used to be a chef, you know. Once she took him to a restaurant, but unfortunately when she was away, the gas cylinder exploded and... Mom and Dad had never talked about this before to me. Maybe it was too painful to be reminded of such an event. Was that the reason they were always so protective of me? I had no idea. As soon as I heard about it, I looked for my mom to comfort her. That explosion wasn't her fault. Then I showed her the first money I had made. I'll definitely become a chef to make you and my brother proud. Finally, mom was convinced and allowed me to participate in the cooking competition. When the day of the competition came, I excitedly arrived at the cooking site and hugged Will happily. We put our badges on and smiled at each other. <laughs> go big or go home. The opponent was none other than Will's dad and his brother. When the contest hmm. began, we started to prepare the seasoning. However, the moment I lifted the knife, the blade fell to the ground. I swear I could hear Will's brother laughing. It seemed like he fouled us. When I hurriedly searched for another knife, suddenly my mom rushed onto the stage and handed me a set of knives with her name engraved on them. Mom? Take these and show them what you're made of, sweetie. 
I hugged her and continued to cook. After we had finished the dish, we brought it to the judges. But Will's brother tripped me and sent the bowl of noodles flying into the sky. But with the reflexes of Spider-Man, I quickly grabbed the bowl and caught all the noodles in one go, which made the audience go wild. The jury was also impressed with both my performance and our noodles. And without a doubt, we won in the end. Will's brother was furious, but he had to keep the other end of the deal. After that, my parents hugged me happily, and all of a sudden, Will gave me a not-so-subtle kiss, which made my dad burn with rage. <laughs> Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and so on, and you'll be given a shout-out. Also, drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... You think it's fun to have a double? It might be, but not in my case. Hi, my name's Mary. And I ran into a terrible problem when my sister stole my identity. It all started on Thanksgiving. Our small family has a strange tradition of celebrating this on the second Monday of October, which is the Canadian way, even though none of us have Canadian roots. The stores are not packed with people, and turkey's cheaper, was my mother's explanation. In general, it was a pretty boring holiday. At dinner, we take turns talking about what we are thankful for this year, it's no big deal. It was another Thanksgiving with no disasters in sight. We all gathered around the table and began to give our Thanksgiving speeches. Mom was grateful that everyone was alive and well. Dad mentioned the family's well-being and stability at work. When it was my sister Audrey's turn, she looked at me angrily at first and then said, I'm very grateful that Mary stole my boyfriend from me unscrupulously took my place in the play and made a laughing stock of me when she poured lemonade all over me in the school cafeteria. And also, thanks for my burrito poisoning. We stared at her with our mouths wide open. That's not true! I finally came to my senses. I didn't steal your boyfriend! It's just that Marcus likes me and not you! And I got the lead because I was more convincing. That's fair! The lemonade and burrito thing were an accident and I had nothing to do with it. You knew I liked Marcus. Just when I shared it with you, you started going after him. No, it's not like that. You think you're better than me, but you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I got offended. That's it. Mom was a bit late with her intervention. That's enough. What have you turned Thanksgiving into? It's fake Thanksgiving anyways, exclaimed Audrey. Go to your room, said Dad. No turkey for you. We left the table and locked ourselves in our rooms as if we're in a castle. I started texting Marcus. Audrey went crazy and ruined fake Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. He replied, did you at least try the turkey? No, we're left without food. That's really awful. I was boiling with anger. So I texted Marcus. Can you believe it? She claimed I stole you from her, but I didn't even like her. I know, only Audrey thinks otherwise. Don't worry, it'll be okay. My boyfriend replied, Audrey and I didn't talk for a week. She wouldn't even look in my direction. My parents tried everything they could to reconcile us. Going shopping with us, bought us pizza, but nothing worked. 
Audrey shut everyone out and isolated herself. Whatever, I thought. She'll cool down, but I was wrong. Not only had she not cooled down, but she'd figured out a way to get back at me. It would have been fine if she'd, let's say, spread a rumor that I had lice. I could live with that, but Audrey came up with an elaborate revenge, even though she wasn't usually very creative. I could see she was up to something. She was fidgeting a lot, looking at me strangely, like a spider about to catch a fly. I gave up and decided to wait it out. Besides, I didn't have time to think about it. I was supposed to play the lead role in the Halloween play, The Witch. At the end, a bunch of angry townspeople were supposed to burn me, and I would put a curse on them before I died. It was my first major role. Before that, I played citizen number two or three. This was a big responsibility. Another rehearsal was scheduled for Wednesday. At the appointed time, everyone was standing on the stage in their costumes. Miss Patridge, our drama teacher, was going to give us the go-ahead. Suddenly, I saw Audrey in the crowd of townspeople, wearing the same costume I was wearing. Why are you wearing that? I asked as I came closer. Haven't you heard? I'll be your double. What? Yeah, in case anything happens to you. <laughs> if anything happens to me, you know, if you get hit by a car or if a flower pot falls on your head. I knew then that Audrey was up to something, something bad. Audrey was shadowing me at every rehearsal, repeating every one of my lines. Beware, you worthless people. One day, you'll pay for capturing Ruth Prendergast, I exclaimed, and there was an echo over my shoulder. Beware, you worthless people. One day, you'll pay for capturing Ruth Prendergast. Afterwards, my sister would burst out laughing with such anger that it gave me goosebumps. I felt uncomfortable having her around all the time, but that was the strangest thing that awaited me. After a while, I noticed Audrey had a new haircut, and it was exactly the same as mine. What happened to your hair? I asked her. Decided to change it up a little, but I thought you don't like it this length. People change, Mary. You should know that by now. I was less and less pleased with what was going on. Audrey wasn't herself. Not only had she copied my hairstyle, she started wearing my makeup. She dressed like me, and I thought she even spoke like me. At first, I thought she was mocking me, but then I realized that she was serious. The rehearsals were ridiculous. It was hard to know who the real witch was and who was the double. Even Miss Patridge got us mixed up sometimes. So this is your plan? I snapped at my sister at home. To be like me? No way. I'm just following your example, Miss Perfect. So, what's next? Take my place? Do you think no one will notice? She just smiled wryly and went back to her room. My parents thought it was weird too. It's like I have twin daughters now. <laughs> mom laughed at the family dinner. Oh no, Mom. I'm the same old Audrey. My sister answered, smiling innocently. Marcus was the only one who understood me. It's getting really creepy. It's like she wants to steal your identity. Am I in a Stephen King novel about two sisters and their blood feud? Not funny, I muttered. What am I supposed to do? Try to ignore it. But how? Everyone's already starting to mix this up. Soon, Miss Patrick will put Audrey in the leader without even realizing it. I don't think it'll come to that, Marcus reassured me. 
Besides, I would never confuse you with anyone else. And then I caught a cold, and I was in bed with a fever for a week. Can you imagine what happened in my absence? Audrey practically became me. She was playing two roles at the same time. The Wicked Witch and Mary. That is, me. I'll admit she was good at both. Many people didn't even notice my absence. I had to do something. I tried to talk to her, offered her whatever she wanted from my closet. I apologized, but apparently, not very sincerely. Nothing helped. She was more stubborn and opinionated than ever. What do you want? I asked her directly. Nothing. I just want to be as gorgeous as you are. But the strangest and most unpleasant thing was yet to come. One day, when I came home from school, I found Audrey and Ron, my ex-boyfriend at home. They were rehearsing a scene from a play. Ron? What are you doing here? I asked in surprise. Roland and I are rehearsing, Audrey said defiantly. And then, we're getting something to eat afterwards. I grabbed her by the elbow and pulled her aside. Don't you think this is a little much? What do you mean? Do you think it's all about you? Maybe we were made for each other. But you're only doing it to piss me off. Yeah, right. <laughs> Audrey snorted and returned to Ron. They continued to rehearse. It wasn't long before I was confused as to who was Audrey and who was me. It was like I was in a nightmare. That wouldn't end. Since that infamous Thanksgiving, Audrey had stolen everything from me. My looks, my habits, my ex-boyfriend. Sometimes I thought she even knew what I was thinking. However, the grand finale of this long-lasting revenge still gives me shivers. The final dress rehearsal didn't go so well. I mixed up a couple of lines, so I was very nervous before the performance itself. I suddenly began to realize that I have to play in front of a crowd of angry and bored teenagers. If I embarrass myself, it'll be remembered forever. Before I left the house, I spent quite a while staring at my reflection in the mirror. I hope I won't throw up. Marcus was supposed to meet me at school. When I pulled myself together and tried to open the door, I realized that it was locked. I heard Audrey laughing maliciously behind the door. Let me out, Audrey! I screamed at the top of my lungs. Unfortunately, my parents were at work and no one could hear me. The only way out was through the window. But I was afraid of heights, and I was five meters from the ground. For another ten minutes, I tried to find other options, but there were none. Of course, I could not kick the door open. I opened the window, and shaking with fear, got out and climbed down the chestnut tree outside the house. Now, I had to get to school quickly. I ran as fast as I could. My legs were shaky, but I made it to school. I stormed into the hall and jumped in Audrey as she was getting up on stage. There was a fight between us. Instead of breaking us up, everyone was filming us on their phones. Marcus was the only one who pulled us apart. The performance was successfully disrupted. We were both stripped of our roles and replaced by Dorothy, who couldn't say two words. And she looked like a real witch. She didn't even need makeup. The principal called our parents to school, and we were grounded at home afterwards. Until you make up and learn to talk to each other, you will stay grounded. Mom delivered her stern verdict. Marcus and Ron were forbidden to come to our house, so we only saw each other at school. They even took away our phones. It didn't help at first. We were both stuck in our rooms and never left them. Family dinners went on without us. The play took place without us. It wasn't me 
or Audrey the spotlight, but nasty Dorothy, who managed to remember all the lines. My sister and I would have preferred to see her embarrass herself, but in the end, it was us who humiliated ourselves. Staying at home all the time was awful, especially the night before Halloween. Meredith's party was coming up, and we were still grounded. I was dying to dress up as Marilyn Monroe, wrapped in toilet paper, and spend the night with Marcus. Audrey had her own plans with Ron. In the end, we called a truce. I know I went a little overboard. Audrey tried to apologize, but I just didn't know what to do. You see, you were getting the best of everything, and I was always in the shadows. But you weren't. A lot of people like the real Audrey, not a copy of me. I guess you're right. I was so confused by the end. She shrugged. Now we just have to figure out how to get out of the house. Yes, we have to get to the party. But how? I had no idea. However, Audrey had a plan. We waited for our parents to say goodnight, put pillows under our blankets, and snuck out the window. Audrey helped me get down. Walking on the street alone at night was creepy. But suddenly, a car showed up with Marcus behind the wheel. We told him about our truce and headed off to the party. Why aren't you wearing costumes? Marcus asked. There was no time. I answered. We're still grounded. We had to act fast. Okay, I have an idea. Marcus drove us to the costume store, where his brother worked, which of course was already closed. But Marcus had a key. We were able to pick out the costumes we liked, and both settled on the witch look. We had an awesome time at Meredith's. We danced our heart outs, listened to scary stories. And then we witnessed Bob from the 10th grade stuff himself with nachos and throwing up. When we got back, our parents were waiting for us on the doorstep. Well, 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 look who's sneaking around. Mom was standing in the middle of the room in her nightgown. And where were you? At a party, we admitted frankly. And how did you get out? Through the window, Audrey helped me get down. We thought we were going to be punished again. But all of a sudden, Mom smiled. I see you finally made up and are acting like real sisters. So, the house arrest is cancelled for you. We were overjoyed! This story brought Audrey and I closer to each other, and we never had another fight like that again. Tell me, have you ever had a fight with your brother or sister? What did you have to go through? Leave your comments and like this video. You can find more interesting stories on our channel. Ugh. Another day in this insufferable place. It's lunchtime, and I'm sitting alone at my usual spot in the cafeteria. The buzzing noise of other students fills the air like an obnoxious soundtrack. Great. I take a bite of my mediocre lunch, trying to ignore the stares. You see, I have these, well, crazy eyes. They change color and pattern depending on my emotions, making me a walking mood ring. I guess I'm like a living meme. The mockery of the century. Suddenly, my best friend, Hanako, slides into the seat across from me. This overly enthusiastic girl is the only one who can tolerate my sarcasm. And, well, my eyes. Kazumi, did you see the new meme about the doge to the moon thing? It's hilarious. I roll my eyes. If only they could send me to the moon and away from all this drama. Wow, Hanako. Such meme. Much originality. She giggles and shows me the meme on her phone. I'll admit it's pretty funny, but I'd rather not give her the satisfaction. You know, 
with your crazy eyes, you could become a meme too. Just think about it. My eyes flicker to a neon green with a lightning bolt pattern. Really, Hanako? As if I need more attention. Oh, I can see it now. Crazy Eyes Kazumi, the internet sensation who puts all other memes to shame. Suddenly, a paper ball hits the side of my head. I glance up to see Yuji smirking from a nearby table. Yuji, the popular guy who loves to make my life miserable. Hey, Crazy Eyes! Wanna show us some of your tricks? His friends laugh, and my eyes narrow, turning a fiery red with smoke patterns. I clench my fists, trying to hold back my anger. Just ignore them, Kazumi. They're not worth your time. Hanako reaches across the table, giving my hand a reassuring squeeze. Don't let them get to you, Kazumi. You're way cooler than them. <sighs> Thanks, Hanako. But sometimes I just wish I was normal. She looks at me with sympathy. I appreciate her concern, but I can't help feeling like a burden. Later, as I walk through the school hallways, I can't shake off the feeling that I'm being watched. I pause, glancing around. Suddenly, I spot a flashy girl with a camera in her hand, quickly snapping a picture of me. Hey, crazy eyes! You're gonna be famous soon. I frown, watching her hurry off. Why can't I just be left alone? Great. Another wannabe paparazzo. Can't wait for my inevitable rise to fame. When I reach my locker, I find a note taped to it. Meet me on the rooftop after school. I have something important to tell you. Oh, how original. A rooftop rendezvous. I can't wait to find out who my secret admirer is. My eyes shift to a deep blue with question mark patterns. I can't help but feel a mix of curiosity and annoyance. Just who could this mysterious note-leaver be? Might as well find out. If nothing else, it'll be a good laugh. The school day drags on, each class more tedious than the last. I can hardly wait for the final bell to ring. As it does, I quickly gather my things and head for the rooftop. The anticipation is killing me. Or maybe it's just indigestion from the cafeteria food. As I open the rooftop door, I'm greeted by a gentle breeze and the sight of Yuto, the quiet guy who's always been somewhat of an enigma to me. My eyes shift to a pale pink with swirls, signaling my surprise and confusion. Hey, Kazumi, I've been waiting for you. Really? You're the one who left the note? What's the catch? <laughs> no catch. I just wanted to talk to you about your eyes. I cross my arms, not entirely convinced by his friendly demeanor. What about them? Are you here to make fun of me too? No, not at all. Actually, I wanted to tell you that I think they're amazing. My eyes widen, turning a bright yellow with star patterns. This was unexpected. Wait, you're serious? You don't think they're freakish? No way! I think your eyes make you unique and special. And I'm not the only one. There's a whole online community who would love to see them. What? Like some kind of crazy eye fetish group? <laughs> no, no! It's a group of people who celebrate unique abilities. Like yours. I think you'd fit right in. I can't help but crack a small smile. Maybe Yuto isn't as bad as I thought, but a part of me is still skeptical. So what? I just start posting pictures of my eyes online and suddenly I'm a star? Why not? You never know what could happen. Embrace your unique ability and show the world what you've got. I look out over the school grounds, 
thinking about his words. Could I really turn my so-called curse into something positive? The thought is both terrifying and exhilarating. Maybe it's time to stop hiding in the shadows. Let's see if the world is ready for Crazy Eyes Kazumi. With a newfound sense of determination, I look back at Yuto. All right, I'll give it a shot. But if I become a meme, it's on you. We both laugh as we walk back into the school building. My eyes now a kaleidoscope of colors, reflecting my whirlwind of emotions. Little did I know, my life was about to take an unexpected turn. Over the next few weeks, Yuto helps me set up an online presence. We create profiles on various social media platforms and start posting pictures and videos of my eyes in action. It's a strange experience, but also kind of fun. Who knew there were so many hashtags for unique eyes? Slowly but surely, I start to gain followers. People are fascinated by my eyes, leaving comments ranging from amazing to are they even real? Wow, it's like I've discovered a whole new world of validation. My self-esteem has never been higher. Yuto just laughs and continues to encourage me. He's always there, helping me come up with new ideas and cheering me on. I have to admit, it's nice to have someone in my corner. One day, as we're scrolling through my latest posts, I notice a message from a talent agency. They want to represent me and help me turn my unique eyes into a brand. My eyes flash to a vibrant purple with exclamation points, reflecting my shock and excitement. Is this for real? They want me to become a model or something? Told you your eyes were amazing. This is just the beginning, Kazumi. The world is gonna love you. As much as I want to maintain my sarcastic facade, I can't help but feel a surge of happiness. Maybe my eyes really can bring something positive to my life. Well, I guess it's time to take the world by storm. One crazy-eyed selfie at a time. Together, Yuto and I dive headfirst into the world of modeling, endorsements, and even a TV appearance or two. It's surreal and chaotic, but also incredibly exciting. My life has become a whirlwind of photo shoots, interviews, and autographs. It's like I'm living in some kind of bizarre alternate reality. I went from being the outcast to the star attraction. Through it all, Yuto remains by my side, offering support and guidance. Our friendship grows stronger, and I find myself wondering if there might be something more between us. <sighs> Love and fame. It's like a cliched drama waiting to happen. But as my fame continues to rise, so does the pressure. I struggle to balance school, my personal life, and my newfound career. The constant attention and scrutiny wear on me, and I begin to feel trapped. I wanted to be accepted for my crazy eyes, but now it feels like they're all anyone sees. Is this really what I wanted? As I sit on the rooftop, reflecting on the whirlwind my life has become, Yuto finds me. A concerned look on his face. Kazumi, are you okay? You've been really quiet lately. I look at him, my eyes a stormy gray with raindrop patterns, revealing my inner turmoil. I don't know, Yuto. I thought fame would make me happy, but it just feels overwhelming. He sits down beside me, offering a comforting presence. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. You've been through a lot. Just remember, you're more than just your crazy eyes. You're Kazumi, and that's what really matters. As his words sink in, my eyes slowly shift to a soft blue with a gentle wave pattern. Maybe there's more to me than just my eyes, and it's time to find out who I really am, beyond the fame and the memes.
Hi, I'm Alessia from a small town in Kenya. Growing up, I was stubborn and also a happy kid, even though my mom worked as a servant for the wealthy chief Mwangi at his farm. I always felt like part of the family because of the chief's son, Barasa. He was my best friend, and he did almost everything with me. He helped me with chores and even stopped me from cleaning his room whenever I had to. It was fun, until his uppity father stopped him from hanging out with me. Barasa, you're better than playing around with the servants. I want you to stay away from them from now on. What Barasa's father said hurt me, and I knew it had something to do with the fact that Mum and I were poor. I became envious whenever I saw Barasa with his wealthy friends. So, one day, I devised a plan to change his opinion of me. All I needed were the same expensive items that his friends wore. I began to put a lot of pressure on Mum to get them for me. Mum! I want that dress. How about we go to the yard sale over there? They sure do have some nice clothes. I hate them. They're ugly and cheap. I knew our poor situation was none of mom's fault. And later that <gasps> evening, she surprised me. And I was so overjoyed. Honey, I saved some money and got you those Louis Vuitton shoes you wanted. Thank you so much, mom. I have no idea why you need all these things anyway. We can do without them. I didn't tell her that I needed them because of Barasa. He had a swimming party that night and I wanted to make the best impression possible. I was going to show everyone that I wasn't just a regular servant girl. When I walked into the party dressed in one of my mom's old fashionable gowns and the Louis Vuitton shoes, everyone turned to stare at me. They made me so nervous that my heels shook so badly and I fell into the pool. Barasa quickly jumped in to save me, and I couldn't help but admire his strength. He lifted me as if I weighed nothing. What did you think you were doing, Alicia? This isn't your style. If your dad hadn't said those mean things about me and my mom and ended my friendship with you, I wouldn't have been trying to prove him wrong. I'm sorry about dad. He's a little harsh sometimes, but you should know you're my best friend, Alicia. Nothing can change that. Then why do you hang out with them instead of me? I'm only doing it to trick my dad. Besides, you don't have to change anything about yourself to prove him wrong. I don't care what you look like. The moonlight danced on Barasa's face, sharpening his features and making him more handsome. Suddenly, Mum walked in on us. So, this is where you've been all along, and I've been looking for you everywhere. Mum freaked out when she noticed my position in Barasa's arms. For some reason, she had never liked him much. Do you want us to lose our jobs as servants, Alessia? His father warned you to stay away from him. As soon as Mum was done yelling, dragged me away from the pool. I couldn't have been more embarrassed. Later that night, she sat me down and talked to me. Honey, life isn't all about wealth, but how to stay fulfilled with whatever you have. I'm disappointed in your actions tonight. When she finished, tears streamed down my cheeks and I hugged her. I'm sorry for everything, Mom. I'll be better. And I did become better. I did all my chores diligently while Barasa continued hanging out with me during moments his father couldn't see us. Our friendship grew stronger, transcending beyond rules set by our parents. A few years passed by and Mum fell ill. She was bedridden for weeks while I cared for her. Every day was filled with hopes for her recovery. And one particular day, she told me something that shocked me. Honey, I think it's time we moved out of here into somewhere better. I want to give you the life you deserve. I wasn't a fan of the idea. Moving out meant saying goodbye to Barasa and the horses I'd grown attached to. I needed some space to think. I left Mum alone and dashed to the stables where I found Barasa and told him everything. I don't know if I want to leave you and everything behind yet. Then don't. Don't let your mum take you away from the farm, Alicia. You can stay with me. I'll take care of you. 
Barasa's words followed me for the rest of the day, and when night reached, I went back to Mum. Mum, I don't think I'm ready to leave the farm yet. But Alessia... I think it'll be better if you let yourself heal here. The nature will give you more peace. <laughs> Fine. You've always been a stubborn child anyways. I love you, Mum. I love you too, baby girl. But there's another thing I need to tell you. Mum grabbed my face and looked at me with an expression I had never seen on her face before. It was fear. There are, um, some things you don't know about and don't need to know about yet. What do you mean, Mum? She ignored my question and continued like I hadn't said anything. If anything should happen to me, there's a box of valuables buried next to the cherry tree in the farm. Take it and run away. Do you understand me, child? I was speechless, so Mum shook my shoulders. Do you understand me, Alessia? No, Mum, and you're scaring me. What's happening? You don't need to know, but you'll do what I say, right? I mumbled out a small, right, and watched as her expression shifted to normal in milliseconds. It was scary. Now, honey, come give Mummy another hug. Mum felt strangely better the next morning and dashed to the market to get some dairy products. She put on shades and a wig before doing so, as if her performance the night before hadn't been strange enough. Everything made me so curious, especially when Mum didn't return that night. I panicked and dashed to Barasa with the news. My mum hasn't been back all day, Barasa. I think something happened to her. I've got this. I'll rally some villagers and search the town for her. It's a small town. She can't be far. I joined the villagers in their search. As we ransacked the forest, I felt a hard object under my foot. I picked it up and found that it was an ID with Mom's passport? Her name on it was Nuella Smith, which was different from the Jennifer Howard everyone knew her as. Mom was hiding something, and I could feel it. I noticed a movement to my right and quickly hid the ID in my pocket before turning around to see Barasa emerge from the bushes with a solemn expression. I'm sorry, Alicia, but... We couldn't find your mum. Footprints in the soil suggest she might have run away. I gulped and turned away from Barasa as my eyes watered with tears. I couldn't believe my mum had left me. After that day, life on the farm felt different without mum. I had planned to leave as well, but Barasa persuaded me to stay. You don't have to leave, Alicia. I'll be inheriting the farm in a few years. And by then, I could marry you. And we could live happily ever after. I mean, that's if you want Hearing Barasa say those words made me feel a bit queasy. Of course that's what I want, Barasa. But is that what you want? He gripped my chin and stared at me with such intensity that it made my stomach churn. That's what I've always wanted, Alicia. I've been in love with you since we were kids. I'm in love with you too, Barasa. Barasa kissed me and fireworks went off in my head. Three days later, I was in the coop feeding the chickens when Barasa walked in with a sad look on his face. Alicia, I have something to tell you. I'll be leaving to boarding school this week. Dad enrolled me in one yesterday. Sadness enveloped my entire body as I hugged Barasa. But what about our promise? Don't worry. I'll never forget. Your heart and mine are locked forever. The next morning, Barasa left the farm and we waved at each other with a secret look on our faces, promising to always return to each other. I carried on without Barasa on the farm, even if I constantly continued to feel the lack of his and Mum's presence. The only thing that kept me going was his promise to me. Time passed, and two years later, news of Barasa's return spread like wildfire. I heard Chief Mungi's son will be returning today, and he's now a very handsome man. The girls won't know what hit them. I gave the woman a small smile before hurrying home with the vegetables I had purchased. Chief Mwangi was throwing a big party to celebrate Barasa's return, and I couldn't wait to see him. As soon as I arrived at the mansion, I noticed cars parked all around it. 
I walked around looking for him when I noticed him kissing a girl on the patio. Many people surrounded him, applauding and yelling. Happy engagement! Thank you all. Angela is the prettiest woman I have ever met in my life. My heart broke into a thousand pieces. In disappointment, I tossed the market bags to the ground and fled the scene. Barasa, like Mum, had lied to me. I had no one but myself to rely on. I dashed to the cherry tree Mum mentioned years ago and dug furiously at the soil beside it until my hands hit something. It was a treasure box with a lot of money inside. I quickly packed my bags and left with the treasure chest without telling anyone. I flew to America and began a new life there. Mum's money supported me for years, and I used some of it to start a small agricultural business that grew into something big. I became one of the world's youngest billionaires and the proud owner of Aulis, a food technology firm. One day, I was on my way to work when a woman bumped into me. Hey, watch where you're going. She turned around and I was surprised to see. Mum? Hey, pretty lady. Please, I need a job. I can be your personal maid. Here's my CV. Security suddenly showed up to drag her away. Sorry, ma'am. This crazy lady escaped us. We'll take care of her. No, leave her. I'll take care of her. I took Mum to my office and asked her a lot of questions. Why did you leave me alone on the farm all those years ago? Huh? I don't know you. She couldn't answer any of my questions, and the worst of it all was that she couldn't even recognize me. I took her to the hospital, hoping they could fix her memory issue. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do for your mother. She needs something to trigger her memory. Maybe an impactful event from her past. I tried everything to trigger Mum's memory. I showed her old photos of us together. That looks like me. Took her to a farm, even showed her the ID she dropped all those years ago. Yet, Mum couldn't recognize me. I gave up and settled on taking care of her instead. The stress of caring for Mum and the company took a toll on me, so I took some time off and went horse riding constantly. And one day, I saw Barasa and his wife. She was yelling at him right in the middle of the parking lot. I'm filing for a divorce right away! I was about to ignore them when she raised her arm to slap him, and I couldn't help but swoop in and grab her arm. That's enough! I won't let you assault someone on my property. And who do you think you are? Alessia, Barassa's old friend and owner of the parking lot you're standing on. Of course you're his friend. You both look pathetic. She flung her arm out of my grip and walked away with a menacing look at Barassa. Expect divorce papers and my lawyer. When Angela left, Barassa looked at me. Wow, you've grown and changed so much, Alicia. I wasn't going to remain a servant forever. Barasa had also changed since the last time I saw him, and seeing him now, I realized I no longer cared about him. There was no trace of the love I felt all those years ago. Alicia, about what you saw years ago, Dad forced me to marry Angela as a business transaction. He wanted to deal with her dad. It was nothing serious. I don't care, Barasa. I'm sorry about what your dad did, but I think it's best we move on. I've moved on. You should too. I won't give up on you, Alicia. No matter what it takes, I'll do anything to prove that I still love you. I pulled my arm out of his and walked away. I wasn't letting him back into my life. The next day, I was sitting on the couch watching some STA videos on TV when I heard a knock on my door. I went to see who it was and was surprised to see Barasa standing right on my porch with a bouquet of flowers in his hand. Hey there, thought I'd pay you a visit. How did you find my place? I asked around. Would you let me come in? Fine. Um, make yourself at home. Thank you. Your place looks absolutely beautiful. While we talked and caught up on the past, Mum walked in. Hey, Mum. Meet my friend Barasa. You remember him, right? She gave him a strange look. 
then approached him and sniffed his scent like a dog. Her pupils dilated and she pointed at Barasa. I know that smell. My memory's suddenly coming back to me. I knew I should be relieved that Mum's memory had returned, but I was offended. I was her daughter and she couldn't even recognize me. But then she remembered Barasa, whom she didn't even like. She was also acting strangely and scaring Barasa. Hey, Mum, that's enough. No, Alessia, that boy and his father are criminals. That's a lie. You're a crazy woman. I remember everything. I was a CIA agent, undercover on their farm, gathering intelligence on their crimes. They found out and tried to capture me, but I escaped. I fell and hit my head as I ran away from them, and I couldn't remember much else except that some nice people helped me. Wow, that's a lot. Are you sure, Mom? Yes, honey, it's why I wanted us to leave the farm, but Barasa and his father were threatening to take you away from me. I couldn't tell you because I didn't want to get you in trouble. Everything Mum said shocked me to the bones, and I stared at Barasa, who avoided my gaze. Is this all true? She's lying. Can't you see? She left you, and I took care of you. No, you didn't. You only wanted her to trust you so you could turn her against me. What? I'm sorry, Alicia, but your mom is going crazy. I'm just going to leave you with Miss Loco here. Suddenly, Barasa sped for the door, and Mom leapt in the air and karate chopped him to the floor. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I never knew Mom had such skills. I've gathered enough intel on you and your father. You're not going anywhere. She rang for someone, and minutes later, suited men in shade showed up to the house. Thank you for your hard work, Noella. The president will reward you for doing a good job. I strolled up to Barasa and gave him a resounding slap. I can't believe you were only playing me. All that talk about love and you suddenly reappearing in my life? It all makes sense now. Barasa's expression instantly shifted to anger, and he seemed nothing like the boy I knew all those years ago. I wasn't playing you at first. I really liked you, but your mom had to go snooping around. Always keep your enemies closer, Dad says, and you and your mom are my enemies. Good. I hope we stay that way. You're a jerk. Enjoy your time in jail. I watched with a smirk as Barasa was dragged into the car and driven away. As soon as he left, I turned to Mum. So, your name's Nuella. I wish you had told me instead of keeping me in the dark. It was for the best, honey. Again, I'm really sorry. I'll spend each day making it up to you. I hope so. I threw my arms around her in a hug, basking in the scent and warmth of her body, which I'd missed. I've missed you so much, Mom. I was really scared you'd never remember me, and then when you did, I got mad that it only happened because of Barasa. I felt like you didn't love me. Don't say that, baby. I love you. And as for my memory, I couldn't control it. But remembering you is the best thing to have ever happened to me. I've missed you, too. Mom and I stayed in the hug for several minutes until I remembered someone we hadn't spoken about. What about Chief Monkey? What'll happen to him now? I figure he's already heard about everything and is on the run. But we'll get him. He can't run forever. You're super cool, Mum. The next day, Mum was invited to the White House where she received an award of recognition and excellence from the president. I couldn't have been prouder of her. You know, sometimes our parents did mean the best for us after all. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 
Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.